Hey, Carm here. Welcome to the Town Hall Academy, episode 133. Stop. Do not pass go. Hey, if you've ever wondered what can be done to help improve you and your team's skill to communicate with each other, you've come to the right place. Right now, we're talking life skills training. It's life skills. It really is because people that are unhappy typically typically struggle with those very skills we're, we're referring to as soft. They're, and I said that there's nothing soft about them because they're actually the skills that dictate success. They're survival skills. Yeah. Absolutely survival skills. Welcome, automotive aftermarketers, to a Remarkable Results Radio Town Hall Academy. Listen to learn just one thing from today's episode on your journey to remarkable results. Hey friends, Carm Capriato, and so glad to welcome you to Academy 133. You're going to love this one. Now, even if you're on vacation or just recharging and you want to catch up with the podcast, you can. Remember, the podcast is free, on demand, and available anywhere in the world. Hey, ever wonder the number one reason to purchase a Jasper quality remanufactured product? Well, it's their people. A Jasper associate is dedicated to high-quality customer service, committed to excellent professional and as pride of ownership as part of a 100% associate owned company go to jasperengines.com for more information a no doubt soft skills training helps build a stronger flexible and harmonious organization you need to find and bring soft skills training to your team leadership is not just for the leader today Everyone can benefit from being a better listener, which is the number one soft skills for life skills training that we all need to have. After you listen, I know you'll have a completely different attitude on life skills training, and it includes everyone in your business. Now think about softer life skills training, such as communication, critical thinking, finding and keeping a positive attitude, teamwork, and even work ethic. Everyone benefits, including your home life. Hey, as we discuss in a really big way here on the podcast, we talk so much about building an enduring business culture. And one of the best tactics you can implement is soft or life skills training, what we're talking about today. Consider this episode as your motivation to bring soft skills training to your team and benefit with a stronger business culture. Find a blueprint on our conversation at remarkableresults.biz slash A133. You are on the Town Hall Academy. The value of soft skills training. Okay, soft skills training. Whoa, Judy Haglin. Good to have you here, Judy, from (laughs) Haglin Automotive in Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Jeff Peavy, AMAM, President, Automotive Management Institute and Chairman of the Collision Industry Conference. Hello, Jeff. Hey, how are you? Always good to have you here. We're happy that you're here because I know you've got a lot to bring to us. And, And soon, Kyle Holt, the president of SP2 will be joining us as soon as Kyle works out his tech. Let me help everyone out there understand what the hell soft skills training and why is it important. And let me just list maybe about four or five soft skills, the kind of stuff that we want to talk about. Communication, huge. Listening, persuasion, critical thinking, creativity, flexibility, innovation, leadership, conflict resolution, decision-making, Another soft skill would be positive attitude, confidence, courtesy, enthusiasm, and then teamwork, collaborating with everyone, getting feedback, and finding some interpersonal skills, and then work ethic, dedication, and dependability. Oh, 
yeah, I need that from all of my people. I, I had no idea that was called soft skills. So that's what we're here to talk about because the, there's really nothing soft about them, is there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And so really what I wanted to do is I really want to start out with you, Jeff. Jeff was so kind to, to give me this uh, survey that I think may help tuck up the, the importance of soft skills training. Talk to me about that. You know, I, I'd start with um, sometimes just not making the assumption people understand skills. So just to level set skills, uh, at least one definition that I like to use is the ability to carry out a task with predetermined results, often within a given amount of time, energy, or both. And, um, and then I would also stress when we talk about soft skills, uh, what you just described, probably one of the most important things if we really want to just, well, let's just cut through the business uh, if we can learn and improve our soft skills, um, it doesn't just help us at home, at work. It helps us at home and uh, it helps us in our relationships. And so w- when you're thinking about training in soft skills, which sometimes is a challenge for us uh, in a te- such a technical industry, we, we kind of see it as a fuzzy gray area that really isn't that important. But it is something you're benefiting your employees, not just at work, but also at home. Uh, in fact, we uh, at AMI, we have a, an online learning skills course, and my wife, uh, Marie Peavy, tells me I should take it every morning before I start my day. So, uh, and, and it's probably true. Uh, so so let's, uh, l- let's talk about the, the soft skills. Now, we did a survey um, a little bit. It's been a little, little while ago, about a year ago or so. Uh, and we, we focused in on listening skills, communication skills in general, and then just general interpersonal skills. And we had just a little over 100 shop owners and managers. And really after presenting them with information uh, on, on the, these soft skills uh, and the, the specifically the definitions that we were looking at around listening and communication and interpersonal skills, we then asked them to reflect back on the employees that they have had over the years that had worked for them uh, that maybe were no longer with them. And then also those that were current employees. And so uh, what we found uh, was, and I, I put this in this chart, was that after they reflected back on their employees, uh, those that had been with them for over five years, about 81% were considered above average to excellent in soft skills, specifically listening, communication, and uh, interpersonal. Uh, those that stayed with them two to five years uh, really was about um, uh, 63 or 4%, I think it were, um, they, they also had above average, uh, skills and, and really it was just, you know, that, that five years or, or really two years and beyond, um, they, the, the, the category of poor to extremely poor, uh, listening, communication, interpersonal skills were, were almost non-existent, uh, just really mm-hmm. single digit, uh, you know, like two to 3%. When it came then it started to really show up, uh, in a one to two years. So you hired them, they stayed with you less, uh, 24 months or less, uh, a little over 10% uh, had poor to extremely poor, uh, listening, communication, interpersonal skills. And then uh, they had about 30% had good skills. And then one year or less, that's where it really tells the tale of the table. Uh, it was like 48% uh, had poor to extremely poor uh, listening, communication, and interpersonal skills. And just barely 10%, a little over 10% had above average to excellence. That tells a lot about employee retention and why you should even consider improving 
their soft skills specifically in those three areas because uh, it really does make a difference if you're looking for retention. Um, and, and just not to, to go too far with that, but uh, what we found is that when uh, someone struggles in listening, communication, and interpersonal skills, maybe there's something they're not happy about, right, in their, in, in their environment. But because they lack those skills, it's difficult for them to explain themselves or it could even be the boss that lacks those skills and you just can't communicate. And as a result, how do they change their, or they improve their environment? They do it by leaving. So um, you, you can watch a chain of, of, you know, one year or less and you can pretty much nail and have, it can be pretty predictable. We, uh, uh, a couple other things in that survey, 83% of the repair businesses believed improving listening communication and interpersonal skills would make a positive impact uh, in their business. And then um, in that same survey, 77% believed over 30% of a technician's skills inventory uh, should be listening communication and inter- and uh, that that really is something I think that as an industry we miss. We when we're interviewing technicians, we're looking for technical skills and technical knowledge. When in fact, when we're looking at their skills and their knowledge in a, in, a, in an inventory, we ought to be looking at just how much do they do they possess when it comes to soft skills. Let's think about it here. We want to send them to uh, you know the latest diagnostics class, but maybe we should send them to a communication class. Well, you know, Carm. We come at this primarily with the uh, the career technical schools. You know, we're most of the work that we do. While we do have a uh, a soft skills training package out there for uh, industry as well as career tech schools, it's mostly used and it's really mostly intended for the students who are in career tech programs. And and what we've found in talking with recruiters, whether it's at uh, whether that recruiter is the owner or general manager at a single location facility, or whether that's a recruiter from a, a large regional or national company, the, um, the soft skills are more likely to win the interview than technical skills. So uh, a young technician who says, hey, you know, I'm, I'm great at oil changes and brake jobs, or, or you know, I'm, I, I'm already beginning to understand how to, how to work on, on painting a car or, or fixing a car in a collision repair shop. That person is actually less desirable than somebody who, who comes in, that young technician that comes in and says, hey, you know what? I, I know that I'm learning. I know that I don't know everything yet, but I will show up every day. I will be on time. And by on time, I mean, I'll be here 15 minutes before work starts. I'm ready to learn. Uh, you know, I just want to be a part of this. I'm, I'm looking forward to starting my career. More often than not, that person that says, I will be on time and I will be there 15 minutes before every single day, that's more uh, attractive to those recruiters than the person who may or may not have some more uh, some more technical skills. And I know how to get along with everyone, and I love talking yeah. to customers. And, you know, it, it's <laughs> my God. I recall being in a meeting about two years ago as part of my advisory um, work with um, with post secondary, and we were with industry. And the industry says, you've got to teach more soft skills. And, and that was an upside the head. First of all, I think the educators at CTE know this, Kyle, but there's nothing in the curriculum for it. And so we have got to take that step inside of our industry. Now, you know, Jeff, I know at AMI, you've got this training. I know, Kyle, you have this training. And that's really good. And I want to talk about it because part of, 
I think what we have to do on the Town Hall Academy is to bring up the issue, but also find a call to action as to how we can actually do some of the things that we talk about. Now, Judy, from your perspective, I know you stay close to your people. I mean, you really want to know what they want. Exactly. Um, and as you, as you were listing off the soft skills, so to speak, that is a huge piece that um, you boil it down into, are they coachable? And what's their attitude? I can teach anybody how to run the, to run the computer system. You can teach anybody, most anybody, how to do an oil change. Those are just such, they're, they're very easy one and done, so to speak. Um, with your higher end technicians, you need to find somebody that actually can have deductive reasoning. How do I get, how do I get to that process? It's like I can fix it once we get it there, but how do you get through that whole process? Um, for, for us at Hagelin's, it's, it's funny that today um, I have a, we have game night at the shop. Everybody stays late and we do once a, once a month, we have a game night. As silly as that sounds, that's that leadership. That's that bringing everybody into the culture and creating where that safe space where everybody can talk at game night, which carries over into the work day. Um, and as you're talking about all the things, all the trainings that are out there and everything else like that, it really boils down to how much can I absorb as an, as an owner and bring it in into the shop and make it all happen? And, and I believe that the soft skills, everything you're talking about, really has to start with the owners and its leadership and, and finding out where your staff is. Um, one of the tools that we just did with um, ATI is an E3 Solutions does an engagement survey. Um, reading through um, Maxwell's book, Five Levels of Leadership, excellent book. It gives you what those five levels are and how you communicate. And there's a, and a, there's a survey in there that you can give your, your employees to find out, are they engaged? Do they trust you as a leader? And where is that to grow those, uh, those skills? Because if you don't have the base communication with your team, it's not going to happen. I'll throw out another one that um, we have now just looked back to that training piece and bringing people along and finding out what they want. First, you have to well, you have to have a conversation with your employees. We do one-on-ones and every week, every other week, so that we know what their personal goals are, what their business goals are. And we found that in the front, as we're adding new service writers, that um, we started looking at our front staff at different levels. Like you do in the back staff, you have your, your loop techs, you have your GS, and, and then your B tech, and, your, and then your A tech, and then your master tech. And we have that whole pathway for technicians, and we don't really have that in the front staff at all. So, And their skills are different. So if you have some very beginner service writers, they can't handle all the cars that you think they should handle. It's very different. But your really experienced service writer, yeah, they can handle those 25, 30 cars a week or whatever that number is and, and do the better sales and handle the fleets. And so we've actually created a pathway for um, the front staff from the customer service person to where you can move up to the, the apprentice type service writer and learn those skills and then to the next level, junior level, and then senior level and then service manager. To where your front staff knows that there's growth. There's, there is a pathway and an actual job career if you choose to go that way. It's music to your ears, right, Kyle? That's right. Yeah, actually, I'm, as I'm sitting here, Judy, uh, I'm not sure uh, what you guys do in terms of, of mentoring uh, the younger the younger technicians, the entry-level technicians, but that, that mentoring aspect, you're talking about kind of an a, apprenticeship service writer. You know, they've got to learn what they need to do and making sure that the person who uh, not just we don't just need to instill 
soft skills necessarily into young technicians, we need to look at everybody within the shop. And if you are going to be in any kind of a mentoring role, you really, it's less about having great technical skills and more about having the soft skills, the desire to show that next generation on here's how to do this. Here's how to make sure that you're successful and maybe how to skip some of the mistakes that I've made along the way. And that care and compassion uh, and empathy along. And, and Judy, is that, are you kind of talking along those lines as well? Exactly. And as you, as you talk about that, so in a shop and let's say we have an A, B and a C tech or two C's and you got to bring them along, your immediate, your immediate thing is to say, Hey, let's just give it to the A tech, the master tech. Let's have him be the apprentice. Yeah. Well, he's a curmudgeon and that's just not going to work. He has the answers. He knows how to get there. He knows what the shortcuts are, but he can't explain it. He doesn't have the patience, doesn't have the time. Um, So I'll use a um, digital inspection example that um, got a new person coming in. Who's the best person to teach that digital inspection? It's not your master tech at all. It's going to be your mid-level guy that's done a great job, has a great relationship with the front staff. They mm-hmm. trust his inspections. And then you bring him along and say, hey, you know what? You're going to be my, you're going to be my go-to guy. You are my trainer on the DVIs because you do a really good job with them, but you also are able to communicate how and how it all works and how you communicate with your service writers. And that's how, I gotta be honest, that's how you make a paycheck. Um, so bringing it in, but choosing the right people is key. You can't just say, just because you're the top guy, you get this job. It doesn't work that way. Same thing with your front staff. It just doesn't. And we've grown all kinds of people. I might actually, my master tech started out as our, as our loop tech came from the dealership, very disappointed and didn't have any growth and came in and, and he has, he has grown and, and done a great job for us. You know, we, we talk about that a lot. We talk about how the mentor for any uh, entry level technician should not be your best technician. And, and uh, it should be someone with, who's got the desire to train uh, who's got the desire to help an entry-level technician come up, that typically means it's the person with the best soft skills, the best interpersonal skills. And I say this, and, and Karam, I hope this doesn't, you know, get you flagged or anything, but I've been saying this for a long time. You know, uh, your A-tech often, not always, but often is an A-hole. So let them let them focus on those things that they're really good at and and let them don't kill your company. Don't kill your production by trying to take your A tech off of, of getting those cars out the door. Let the B tech or even a C tech. Uh, sometimes it's that C tech who's most recently in the position that the mentee uh, or the young entry level technician was in who goes, Hey, I can get, it took me two years to get where I'm at. I can show you how to get there in 18 months. Come with me. And that care that they show is invaluable. Carm here with Adam Christmas, customer service group leader here at Jasper Engines. Hi. Hi, Carm. So many customers that I know that buy Jasper say that you've got the best customer service department in the industry. The customer is the most important part of our business. Without the customer, the production, the sales, none of it really matters. You have to treat your customers like their family, like they're the most important part of your business because they are. Trying to match wits with a customer isn't going to get you anywhere. You're there to help them. They're there to help you. And I think that's the most important thing. Uh, a lot of companies forget that the customer's the entire reason for their business. Does your team here understand that the customer that you're talking to actually is trying to solve one of their customers' problems? We make sure that our 
technicians understand that the vast majority of customers calling in are trying to get another customer on the road. And we have to make sure that we understand not only are they on a time constraint, but so are we to get that third party back on the road. Hey, thank you, Adam. A member of the 100% associate-owned company at jasperengines.com. You know, I heard it, and I wish I could remember where I heard it once, but it is really true. Um, when it comes to coaches, sports coaches, most of the time, the most of the time, not always, but most of the time, the best coaches were not the most talented players. Uh, mm-hmm. Because when you're really talented, you you skip a lot of steps because you can get there quicker. But when you when you start trying to coach someone that is more average, right? They you get frustrated. So, you know, if you look back at history, some of the best coaches were, were average players and they actually learned how to learn. They had to overcome their lack of talent and they can, they can empathize better uh, for sure. I, I have, I'm, I'm going to throw this out there because uh, as I've spent uh, about six years studying this, probably not near long enough, w- one soft skill rises to the top and I've already mentioned it and that's listening skills. Um, I suck at listening. And, and I, every day I, I struggle with it and I realize it. So there's, there's two things. One is listening skills. Uh, we put together a package for shops, in fact, uh, just to train the whole shop with listening skills. And with listening skills, uh, one of the things that, you know, you could, you could say, well, you know, in order to learn soft skills, you have to, you have to practice, you have to do some sort of uh, role playing and all these sort of things. I'm going to, I'm going to offer that when it comes uh, to soft skills and specifically listening skills, uh, just raising the level of awareness. When, when everyone in the shop realizes that they probably suck at listening, when it really comes down to active listening and you can improve that across the board. Um, at least you can raise a level of awareness. So you've got people working on the cars, you've got parts people, you've got people in the front, you've got customers communicating to different chains within the business. Uh, when everybody's listening, the customer's happier. Uh, there's less mistakes. The accuracies obviously then improve. Uh, you know, there's parts are ordered more accurately. There's a, there's a lot of benefits. Who was born a good listener on my panel here? Not uh, me. I'm, not me either. Judy, were you born a good listener? And when you decided, like, Je- here's Jeff saying confession to us, hey, I'm not a good listener. But when you, but when you study listening and you understand that r- listening actually takes a lot of work and it takes some discipline. And, you know, the, the role play thing is really cool because I've been in listening seminar role plays and, you know, like, ooh, ooh you want to say something right away, you know, because you're, you're, you're responding just to, to say something. You're not, you're not really uh, responding because you have, a, an honest to God, um, good answer to what the person is saying. And, and when, when I think about the listening skills, and, and we've been talking an awful lot about the technician, but Judy and, and everyone here knows that the service advisor is one of the most key roles. Now, besides you as the leaders of your organization, my God, we, we need to have, um, you know, soft skills training. But usually you're finding the individual that goes on your counter that excels in soft skills and those, those people things. And that's the kind of people that are on our counters today. Okay, guy, gang, I, I love where this is going, but I need, I, I need to challenge ourselves. So here is the industry listening to this and saying, well, I really don't want to list the soft skill stuff. It's not for me. It's why do I need that? What I want to impress upon the struggling shops is that if you want to develop a business on steroids, 
you, there, there's so many things to be the CEO and the leader and the strategies. And we've been doing so much on culture lately. We had a great uh, business uh, coaches lab last Friday right here on culture. It released yesterday as a podcast. And I'm talking to other shop owners that have built a strong standards and values in cultures. And I'm trying to get inside of their minds and talk about this. And this soft skills is almost a bow on the ribbon of how all that culture gets built. And so why? Why do I have to do this? This is terrible. And so if I have to take me kicking and screaming somewhere, how do I get this training for my people? Uh, I, I got to answer that a couple things. I wasn't really listening to what you said. I was waiting until you stopped talking so I could I could say something else. Right? I thought so. Isn't Jeff. that the way that works? Right? <laughs> yes. um, well, and it, it goes it goes like this, right? Talking is not communicating, and hearing is not listening. But we we assume it is, right? Well, I know how to talk and I know how to hear, so I must be good at that. But that is so not true. I honestly think that the training of this is 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 honestly easier. Uh, than uh, than technical training, because it is as much about raising that level of, of awareness, and we see that over and over and over in the because we offer soft skills training online. I think Kyle, you do too, but we yep. uh, um, it, it it we we watch it and make a big difference. It's helped our, our what staff. would be one of the first seminars that I would want to start one of my people. I'm going to go to my, hey, listen, Bob, I love you. You've been here a couple of years now. Uh, I, I sense and feel that we need to take some training to the next level, and it's not diagnostic training and it's not it's not role playing with a customer it's how am i going to make you a more well-rounded individual and integrate you in our company what would be one of the first ones you'd recommend bob didn't uh, didn't hear but half of what you said because he wasn't listening so i'd start there uh, that's my bias of course <laughs> Well, I'm just going to, I'm just going to throw this out there as you, and I'm one that is, okay, what can I take away? What can I learn? How can I, how can I take what I've heard on this podcast and how can I make that work for me? And um, as, as Jeff's talking about the listening skills, one thing that we've really talked with, um, especially on our front staff is that, okay, you're talking and you're telling me about your car and you're telling me about this. If you're, if they're writing notes um, on the computer or handwritten, I prefer handwritten because it, it, means more, you're really validating that you're listening to that person. And um, just because I'm older, you know, 60 is the new 40 and, you know, um, but I have to write stuff down so that I can remember what it was that we're talking about, what was important to them so that you can remember, write it down, make your notes. But if you're doing that, you're actively listening, you're showing whoever you're listening to, I'm really paying attention and you are important to me. Amen. So that's just one of the things that that I absolutely we preach at the at the shop. If you're making a conversation and and I tell the guys in the back, if you don't see me write it down, you, I didn't hear you. And you're not going to get your part. You're not going to get whatever you need. You're not going to get the extra labor time. If I don't write it down, ain't happening. I, I, I'd agree. And and so the top two courses that we provide in terms of soft skills and, and we've got a multiple within our training bundle, but the first one is uh, communication skills. And that goes right along with uh, what Jeff and Judy have both just said. Communication is not just talking. Communication is also listening and then responding in a way that shows that you've been listening to the, to the person who's speaking. And, and so we, we cover a lot of communication skills, but the second one uh, is personal professionalism. And this is, again, I'm, uh, most of our focus is on the career tech students and the soft skills that you show when you walk in to, a, to an interview or to the shop itself and you look professional 
you act professional, you, you, you're the first person to stick your hand out and say, hi, my name's Kyle. What's your name? Mm-hmm. Uh, to a customer that that's the kind of, uh, personal professionalism skills that a lot of uh, young young people today may not have received, and especially that's especially true within the career tech schools. And of course, as an industry, we all end up blaming the instructor when we get a, a, a young tech who has poor soft skills, and we're like, "What is this kid? He doesn't show up on time. He's he's dressed like crap. He you know he he doesn't he he can't look me in the eye when we're talking. He mumbles a lot." What have you done with this kid? Well, the instructor didn't do that. We're blaming the instructor for 18 or 20 years of poor soft skills that they've learned from parents, from siblings, or really more than anything else, they've learned it from their friends. And that instructor, he's tasked with, I'm going to show you how to do the technical skills, and I'm going to try to help you with the soft skills, but I've got a limited number of hours to instill in all this technical knowledge you need in order to do the work. And we've got to also recognize that those instructors are doing the best that they can with the soft skills. But if you ask them to know how to, how to work on a vehicle, you didn't ask them to fix, you know, poor communication skills that their friends have taught them. I think just Kyle, as you said that I have two kids that are in the public school system that are teachers and it's welcome to public schools. Is right. just is what you just what you just summed up, and um, when my kids were in school, one of the teachers came up and said, "I want to thank you for parenting your children and not just being a parent." <laughs> and there's a difference there. Yeah. And I think that as as business owners, okay, we now are we are becoming parents to some degree, for especially for the younger ones, even the other ones. We're that support system. We're with them. You mean you're filling the gap? Yes. Well, and and you're also, but you're also training them. Um, I'll I'll give you an example. I have a technician that is um, younger, millennial, just didn't understand why his mom needed to hear from him. And mom's back in Wisconsin. He's here. He picked up and left. He's been here for three years, had a rough little go. and, And mama was very concerned. And I said, have you talked to your mom lately? And he goes, well, why should I? Okay, well, I'm a mom and I would like to know that you're okay. He goes, well, did she call you? I said, no, I'm a mom and I, and I want you to let her know she needs to know you're okay. You just went back to visit. You were in a bad mood. Life was sucked. And you need to let mom know that you're back in Colorado. Everything is good. You went skydiving. You did this. You did that. And he goes, okay, whatever, you know? Um, and it's like an example. He comes back from this vacation. I said, how was it? He goes, it was Okay. Really, Josh? Give me some more here, buddy. Give me, give me some more. He said, "Look, I'm, I gave you five words. It's, it's okay. It was good." I said, "Okay." He says, "Judy, look, I'm trying to communicate." I said, "Okay, <laughs> let's keep going." Do you know what she just described to me? Soft skills training on demand. <laughs> every single day but so Karmbeck you talked about the shops that have it going and and I think for the shop owners that don't have that culture or all of those things that we're talking about the buzzwords it really does basic come back to that relationship and what do you have going and I can I can fix the car for the customer but that's not what we're about anymore it's about taking care of the customer's needs correct everybody agree so now with employees it's not about I have you can work in two bays. I have space. I have air conditioning. I have um, a 401k. I have this. I have that. That's not what it's about anymore. What it's about is I have a great place for you to come work. It's safe. 
you 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 know everybody gets along with each other. We have game night, or we have a quarterly this, or we do training, or we can bring you up and have and have a career for you. And here's your career path, and this is how we show it. If if that's what you're doing in your shops, you're going to be successful. She just said to me, uh, "We're going to develop you to levels you have no idea you're going to be at." And because not only are we going to give you technical training, we're going to give you leadership. And I'm not even sure I like the words soft skills, guys. Um, it's too broad. It, 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 it is, it's broad, but it also doesn't sound like technical training. Uh, any idea? Jeff, let's brainstorm. What do we call this? I, I, you know, I've struggled with that, too. I think pretty much anybody has. I don't I honestly don't know. It's life skills. You know, and, and I was thinking about what Judy just said. It's like if you go to work for Judy. Uh, your home life will improve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's right. I mean, really, right? I mean, it, your your life's going to improve. It's life skills. It really is because people that are unhappy typically typically struggle with those very skills we're we're referring to as soft. There, and I said that there's nothing soft about them because they're actually the skills that dictate success. They're survival skills. Yeah, absolutely, survival skills. Well, and I want to I want to add in here that I, I am coming at this mostly speaking about entry-level techs, young technicians, students in the career tech programs. But I don't want everybody to think that it's only millennials that have issues with soft skills. It's literally every generation. It's all ages. It's really on a person-by-person basis, not a generation-by-generation basis. Mm-hmm. And and so, too, uh, I, I wouldn't want anybody listening to this podcast to to hear this and go, oh, yeah, the problem it all lies in the lap of the millennials and why don't they get their act together? Cause that's not the case. No. There are lots of shops that when you walk in the back of the shop, you don't have a single technician back there who has any semblance of soft skills. And that is, and if, if that's the case and you bring in a young technician, well, what are they going to emulate? They're going to emulate everybody else. They're going to emulate their peers. So th- this is something that, that really needs to be addressed at all levels. Kyle, can I talk to that a little bit? Because um, the the millennials get blamed for so many things, and it, it irritates me to no end. I, everybody in my staff, almost everybody, I have one person over less than 38 years old. I have a very young crew, and I love every single one of them. They're awesome. What I am finding is that it's a millennial culture that we're dealing with that everyone has adopted, and they are demanding those soft skills. They really are. And um, if we don't start looking at what do they need and what do all of our employees need as far as even if it's a, you know, one guy I have that comes in a little bit late, but he stays late because he has to drop the kids off. Um, One's to what we're talking about. Can we do a four day work week? Well, yeah, let's get production done. Let's talk about that. How do we make that happen? Um, But I, I totally agree with you. You it's not the millennials at all. I think the millennials are forcing us to look at things differently. Yeah, as, as what well, I, Judy, that that's great. I I do a seminar or presentation uh, on culture that ties into the kind of the culture clash or the generational clashes and how the culture of a business affects that. And at the end of the survey, without our, our uh, the presentation, there is uh, each time uh, I ask the question at the end that if you had to cut your staff by fifty percent, who would you keep of your of your technicians? If you really had to cut half of your tech, who would you keep? And it, without exception, and this is kind of scary for some of us that are uh, in, in our generation, right, is that after reflecting, 
they would, the, and, and, and I had this happen several times where people were sitting at the table before the presentation complaining about employees, you know, and we were having this conversation. At the end, the very millennials they were complaining about were the ones that they would say they would keep when they had to really come right down to cutting. Um, because once they understood the, the role that, you know, the things they're us with and the things that we all uh, typically, sometimes at least in our generation, wonder about, uh, they actually, millennials bring a lot to the table. Uh, it's, it, we're already living in their world. I don't think sometimes oh. we realize it. They, uh, they get technology faster. They, they're already, they grew up with the speed of change of which mm-hmm. at 56, I didn't. Uh, it was something I had to adapt to. So uh, yeah, I, it, you're right. Millennials are not the issue. We are. <laughs> that's, and that's a very true statement. And that's why when we first started, one of the things I said was, you got to look in the mirror. You have to look at how are you as a leader? What are you doing every single day that shows by example how your soft skills are. Um, yeah. one, of the, one of the things I'm working on is that you can read my emotions like right away. I've got a tech that I'll walk in the back of the shop and he'll go, okay, what's wrong with you? I said, <laughs> nothing, nothing wrong with me today. I just am, I'm a woman on a mission right now. I have to get this done. I'll come back, talk to you later. But they can, they can see who you are as you're going. And, and that communication doesn't have to be verbal. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, there's lots of nonverbal communication that goes on every single day in your shop. You just need to recognize it. I've got one service writer that stands at the, the board. And when she paces, I'm like, okay, something's not right. Somebody needs to go and say, hey, what do we got going? What, what, do you, what are you seeing that I'm not seeing? Those are, so communication is, is huge on many different levels. Thank you, yeah. Judy. I appreciate that. And, and, and one of the keys I think that she said there was the, the, uh, the nonverbal. And, and, you know, you, you obviously we can read you really well, right? Let me ask you to give us some final words on the evolution of unprofessional to professional and how soft skills or life skills training will make a really big difference in the culture and the actual top line of a company, of a service professional's company. Jeff, let me let me hit you up first. Okay. Well, you know I have a kind of a, a thing about culture and, and, and how important it is for us to understand culture, whether it's business or otherwise. Um, I, I think we, we're, we're really challenged, and I think I would offer this that we all in this business should think about, and that is uh, we are typically uh, technical in the way we think. We wear technical goggles. Uh, most of when we're seeking solutions in business, we look for technical solutions, and I would offer we really need to shift that and, and really look through those soft skills. Gosh, I hate using that term, but Soft, but uh, look through the goggles of soft skills and, and really life skills and see where your deficits are and really try to address that with your employees. Uh, because it, you know what, if you really do care about your employees and you really do care about your business, it really goes hand in hand. And the things that will make soft skills training that makes them better at work will make them a lot better at home. And in the end, isn't it all about us just uh, uh, fulfilling a happy life? And, and that's a big step for that. Thank you. Uh, can I get your permission to change uh, soft skills to life skills? I'm going to do that. I'm going to, but I'm going to do that for this episode. I'm going to tell. I'm going to. I'm going to. When we release this, it's going to say soft, or in parentheses, life, or the other way around. And I think that's probably going to going to hit home a little harder than the word soft skills. Okay, Judy, you you're next. Uh, unprofessional to professional. I think that you start with when they come in for the interview. 
okay? And they're coming in for a service writer interview. And one of my service writers told me a long time ago that when they come in to fill out the application, if they don't bring their own pen, you give them one. But what pen do you give them? You give them a red pen. Because then you know when you look at that application, they didn't come prepared. <laughs> that's that's good. I just, I just went, awesome. Um, and I, I think that that unprofessional to professional is, is our job as business owners to take whatever, whatever person we bring into that family, into that culture. And, and culture really is how do you, how do you have a culture that basically you're looking to change behaviors to where it's your way and it's how you want it and how you want your team to be. So you're constantly looking at how can I help them get better at their job so that they're actually a better team member. We've, I, I have to tell you, being a woman in the industry, it's challenging. I've brought in three, three young women into the, into the front staff, customer service people, moved them up to service writer, and they've moved on because I haven't had a position. And that's the exciting part is watching them grow from knowing nothing about the industry, nothing about cars. And I said, I don't care about that. I'll teach you that. That's easy. That's a webinar. That's a zoo. That's, that's easy. It's that personal skill, that, that life skill, that soft skill that you need in order to be successful in, um, in your business. Um, so I, I guess that, that kind of, that was a very broad question. No, it's good though. I, I, I learned something from that and, and I sure do appreciate it. Thank you so much for all your contributions lately, Judy. Uh, in fact, Judy's uh, Judy's going to be at the, on the cover of Auto Inc. coming out soon. We just did a, a nice little episode for uh, ASA. And remember, Kyle Holt comes to us from the you know the career technology education piece, where you know the post secondary stuff and, and and the high school thing. And boy, I'll tell you, Kyle, I think you talk about unprofessional to professional. It may not necessarily work in your realm because you're really <clears throat> starting in the beginning and, and to teach our young people. And, and I, I, it's so important, so important. It, it's vitally important. And I think it does fit. I th- think it fits in perfectly with the high school and post-secondary career tech programs. There are challenges that the instructors obviously face. At, at SP2, we're trying to help that next generation of technician find the right first employer. And we talk about that a lot. It's not just finding a first employer, but the right first employer. And that, that's a company that's willing to invest in, in a young technician, to show them a career path, to, to grow them. Um, and part of mentoring and growing an entry-level technician is monitoring, or I'm sorry, is mentoring them on how to behave in the work environment as a professional. Assuming personal professionalism is common sense makes no sense at all. Professionalism is something that you have to learn and you, and you have to see other people show you that pathway. So I I think they're going to learn that from their instructor. They're going to learn that from their first employer. And if you're the right first employer, then you're dedicated to helping them gain those personal professionalism uh, skills and those, and those soft skills, life skills that are going to really push them into the future. You know, and, and Carm, I'll jump in one last thought there too, because, because I think there's a, there's a fine line what we perceive in the business context as professionalism is really just good life skills put <laughs> yeah. into business context. Really- well, what a perfect summary. Thank you so much. Jeff Peavy, AMAM, president of AMI, Automotive Management Institute. Kyle Holt, president of SP2. 
too, and Judy Haglin, owner with her husband Dana of Haglin Automotive in Boulder, Colorado. Thank you so much. This really, I think, cleared it up. I think it was a great conversation and something that I know that our automotive aftermarket can use and, and benefit from our wonderful conversation. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time... 